Hey, 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 welcome to the Dream Chaser Podcast, a place to find inspiration to overcome barriers and keep your dreams in motion. I'm your host, Jennifer Hammock, and I have a Keeping It Real episode lined up for you today. So kick back and tune in as I drop a few gems to empower you wherever you might be on your dream chasing journey. Hey, 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 Dream Chasers. I'm so happy that you chose to listen to this podcast today. I mean, we are sitting on days away from the year 2020. It still is mind boggling that this year have totally swung by. And I mean, I don't know about you. I felt good about this year. Of course, each year comes with highs and lows. But, you know, 2019 was a a great year for me. And so in this year... I also read some amazing books. Um, I try my very best to read one or two books every single month. Sometimes they're by audio. Sometimes like they're the real thing, like, you know, a hard copy in your hand. Um, So I can dog ear and I can highlight it and mark it up and everything. But I just want to always want to make sure that I am growing in the areas where I desire to grow. And sometimes that is emotionally. Sometimes that's psychologically. Sometimes that's in my business. And then you know what? How about just reading for fun? And I'll be honest, that's something that I really didn't do a lot. I will always be reading like a highly spiritual book or like a book that was like really about like business and how to operate efficiently and sales and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but I really felt like this year definitely was the year that I read the most out of all of my years. Probably I read more in college because I obviously had to read for school. But 2019 for sure was a year that I had became a bookworm. So what I want to do on this episode today is to share with you my top five books that have really changed my life for in 2019. These were some literary work that just really helped me to open my eyes to some things. Um, They gave me laughs. They gave me some awareness. And I just hope as I share with you a little bit more about these books that you will be inspired, that you might decide to pick one of them up if it fits your fancy, and that uh, you also become a, a lover Um, of reading and just really building yourself up to be a better person by exposing yourself to new books. So kick back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this one. First up is the one and only our forever first lady, Michelle Obama, and her book Becoming. I mean, I actually remember the day that I saw the post that went on Instagram announcing that her book was coming out. Like I literally, I think I like, like gasped out loud. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm pre-ordering this now. Like I just have an affinity for Michelle Obama for a few reasons. One, because obviously she's the first African-American first lady. And for her, and she shared this openly, how like she really obviously didn't have a plan on how to be a first lady. So she kind of just did her in this instance. Um, And for me, I'm a first lady too. So I kind of felt like not that I didn't have an example, but I had to like just chart out my own path and path and be the first lady that I knew myself to be. And so I feel like I have a personal connection with um, first lady Michelle Obama because of that. But through reading her book, it was just so inspiring. And I'm sure if you have read it as as well, 
that you feel the same. I was going back through the book and this book, I, um, um, Becoming, I actually, I purchased the real book and I had it on audio as well because I would just listen to it sometimes in the car because this was a thick book. And I'll be honest, most of the books I read aren't this thick. So I needed to get through that sucker a little faster. So I did it audibly and I did the real thing. And so as I was going through the book and looking at my different highlights to prepare for this podcast, like, I can literally do a whole episode just on this book. But for the sake that I'm going to be sharing for others, I just wanted to um, talk about a few places that I highlighted in the book. So first, can we talk about how masterfully it was written? I mean, her imagery, the use of words, like she nailed it on page 89. There's a line and I, I, I literally underlined this, put three stars by it and said, OMG, like that's literally what is written in the margins of my book. Um, the paragraph starts, it says, yes, that's right. He'd set his sights on trying out for the Cleveland Browns, not as a player, but rather as a contender for the role of a wide eye, gap mouth, faux animal named Chops. Here it is. It's, this is the part right here. It was what he wanted. It was a dream. Another field to run through because why the heck not? You, I love that. Another field to run through. Um, so that par- par- making the parallel between a dream and going after it and doing it. And she compares it to a field to run through. And that made me think about how we sometimes make decisions in career, in our business. And it's not because we're trying to run through the field and just live out our dream. It's because like, we feel like it's the right thing to do. I'm trying to check a box. And I believe that her entire book was, she came to that point of awareness and revelation that, you know what, I wanted to stop checking the box. And this particular instance was about this guy that she was dating when she was at Princeton and he ended up not going to like med school right after graduating, but he decided to try it out to be a, the mascot for the Cleveland Browns. But again, that was his field that he wanted to run through. And I thought it was interesting that she would take time to put that in the book. And for me, it made me ask the question, what fields have I not run through? Because, you know, of life and because I'm checking a box and I think I don't have time or I'm going to wait till the kids get older. And so I hope that that inspires you to take some time and and kind of look back and see what fields do God really want you to run through. So moving on, um, here's another one that I highlighted. Um, let's see here. Oh, this just was just an example of her amazing writing style. It was on page 77. It said, you don't really know how attached you are until you move away, until you've experienced what it means to be dislodged, a cork floating on the ocean of another place. I mean, how deep is that? A cork floating on the ocean of another place. And just again, and I love wording. I love imagery. So I'm imagining literally a cork, like a wine bottle cork, literally just tossing in the ocean and how when sometimes when we get to a new place and that's how we feel, we feel like, you know, the little fish in the, in the big pond, especially when we move away for jobs, or maybe we've started a business in a certain industry and it's like, okay, you're the black girl in the tech industry. What are you doing here? You can totally feel like a cork, a cork floating on the ocean of another place. But 
I believe just as that cork, that cork did not drown and go all the way to the bottom. It did definitely toss and turn with the waves, but I'm sure that it made it to shore at some point in time. So let that encourage you too that even if you feel like you're just out there and it's like, why am I here? I'm being tossed to and fro that you are going to arrive at your destination. Okay. Okay. Um, I think what else I really loved about this book was just seeing her tenacity. Like we, we hear about people who are at the top of their game and who graduate class this and who are CEO and they're doing it, but you don't really see like the, the, the work, the grit that went into them getting to where they are. And so I feel like we were able to see her progress. And again, like on Instagram, on the internet, all we see is a person's chapter 15. We don't see their chapter one, their chapter two, their chapter three, how they had bankruptcy, how they lost it all. And I believe that this um, book really showed her, you know, A to B. And it helped us to really, I think for me, identify with, you know, some of the t- sometimes how you feel in life. Um, I think for me as well, this, I want to read what I highlighted. And this is when she, I know she lost her dad at this point. And she was, you know, just came to that, that, what do you want to call it? Not necessarily a fork in a road, but um, not a midlife crisis. I'm losing my train of thought in terms of wording, but you know, it was kind of like that split rock moment where, okay, something has to change. So she didn't want to start just checking the boxes. She wanted to really live life. And so, um, this, it says right here, the point was less to find a new job than to widen my understanding of what was possible and how others had gone about it. Again, the point was less to find a new job than to widen my understanding of what was possible and how others had gone on about it. And that helped me to, when I read that, I was thinking about the desire to widen our understanding and sometimes how we can always just stay in a box and just go with the flow and just stick with what we're used to and not move out of our comfort zones. But this point really highlight the fact that she was open to having having new experiences. She was open to not just following that same trajectory of like going to Princeton and doing grad school and going back here. And even though she did do that, but she had so many um, experiences that she shared in the book that were awakening moments. And I believe that she is, is a prime example of what a woman who is aware of herself is. And again, if you are a woman that's like, you know, not necessarily struggling, but you're you're just a woman and life is changing and circumstances aren't the same, I highly recommend that you read this book because as she shares her journey um, and just those moments when she had to ask herself some really tough questions and when she got into new relationships, especially with Barack and even with other people, it made her question and look at herself a little more inwardly. So if you are experiencing anything kind of like that, I highly suggest that you pick up the book Becoming. Or if you picked it up and you haven't read it all the way through, go ahead and read it all the way through. I know for me, the first part of it was a little slow. um, But after I got to maybe um, one third in, it began to pick up for me. So that is why I am putting Becoming on my list for 2019 as far as one of the books that changed my life. I, I really believe it helped me to become more aware of myself and wanting to do the work 
um, that it requires to grow and to develop and being okay with how you're feeling at the moment, but obviously wanting to grow from there. So pick up Becoming. All right, so next up is a book entitled Launch by Jeff Walker. It's a number one New York Times bestseller. And he is like a like a go-to as it relates to like sales and online business and online marketing. The tagline of the, of the book is um, launch an internet millionaire success. I'm sorry, secret formula to sell almost anything online, build a business you love and live the life of your dreams. So, I mean, who is not trying to do that? Live the life of their dreams, build a business that you love and sell stuff. So this book is a great book, obviously for entrepreneurs, um, but also for people who are, um, scared to sell, um, especially for people that don't understand the um, the science behind selling. Because I was, I used to be one of those persons where my my language was all off, and how I presented my products and my services, it just was not in a not necessarily in a professional way, but in a way that is impactful to where it results in revenue and, and in sales. So as an entrepreneur, you obviously have to get comfortable with selling. And this book really helped me do that and allow me to learn the psychology behind sales and seeing what our customers' um, responses to certain things. So if you want to um, increase in your email marketing game, you definitely want to pick this one up. If you sell anything online, I believe that you would benefit from this. And I think you will especially benefit from this if you um, offer any type of like if you teach anything. So if you're a coach like me or if you, you know, teach people how to lose weight or if you teach people how to train a dog to pee in 12 days, um, any type of information based product, you'll definitely benefit for this, but also if you have product bases too. But I want to highlight chapter five and why I want to highlight chapter five is, is again, it helped me to understand um, just the intricacies of sales and why you have to do certain things. And it's so funny. You watch infomercials all the time, right? And after I read this, I was able then to break down the coding that is used to create infomercials. Because um, let's be honest, infomercials have been around for the ages. And the fact that they haven't gone anywhere is, the fa- is, is I, I believe, proves the fact that they must be effective on some level. So chapter five, it talks about weapons of mass influence and just mental triggers. And these are mental triggers that your potential audience, um, you want them to experience them. So you have to make sure that your content and your language really supports that. So this chapter really opened my eyes and helped me to be very more intentional about my sales strategy, um, the different type of word copy that I use, how I use email marketing in my business strategy. So one of the uh one of the mental triggers that he talked about is authority. And it says if you want people, if you want to be more influential in your business and marketing, it pays to be seen as an authority. And when you when I think about this again, if you struggle, you know, inwardly with insecurities and different things like that, you're not going to put yourself out there and you're not going to have like, you know, the boldness to say like, I am an authority, but that is the thing that attracts people to you. Like, let's be honest. Like we know that Apple is like one of the authorities when it comes to tech, right? 
when they launch a product, like everybody's lining up, um, everybody's lining up, um, outside the stores to get the product and everything. So you have to do things strategically to really position yourself as a voice of authority in your in your industry. And you have to implement those things in your marketing. So it can be as simple as maybe if you're an author, you want to have a picture of you signing books, right? That means that somebody is paying for your knowledge. They want your autograph. That automatically um, puts in another person's mind that, oh, she's a figure of authority. Um, I know one of the things that I do, even for the Dream Chaser Conference, um, I'll put a picture of like the whole crowd and I'm on the stage. That means like, hopefully she know what she's talking about, right? It, it, it resembles a certain level of authority. So you want to make sure that you're using that in your uh, marketing strategy as well. Um, the next thing that I really liked is the idea of trust and how if you've ever, if you, sh- if you haven't heard this, I'm going to tell you now. It's called the no like trust factor and they kind of work all together in that your c- customers only buy from businesses that they know, like, and trust. And the way to do that is to be consistent in your brand messaging, to be um, consistent in your information. And over time, people will learn to trust you. They trust what you say. They trust that you're going to have valuable information. They trust that you're going to have the top notch products. And so building trust is the ultimate short circuit to become influential in someone's life. I'm, I'm reading from the book. If you can think of many times when a trusted friend or a parent or a teacher told you something that you believed without question because of your relationship with that person. So again, I really think that it's important for you as a business owner to intentionally create that trust. And one of the ways that you can do that is just, you know, be a little vulnerable and open and tell them about your story. Tell them about why you started your business. Maybe you can tell them about a time that you failed and then that will allow people to trust you more. Then the fifth is likability. And it kind of goes right back with, I just talked about the no like trust factor. And at the end of the day, we enjoy doing business with people that we know that we like and that we trust and the more likable you are the more influential you become the more likable you are the more influential you can become and I know that sounds like kind of vain in that I want people to really like me and I think that's why you know there's so much drama and stuff with people in social media and depression and stuff because they want everybody to like them and they want likes and all that kind of other stuff but at the end of the day let's be real nobody's going to do business with anybody that they don't like matter of fact I know a restaurant right now a restaurant right now that I will I will remain remain um nameless okay that I love their product their 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 food I love it I absolutely love it like I would stand in line to get their food but I do not like the owner she has horrible customer service she's mean like I don't like her (laughs) bottom line so it's like if you you have to build that rapport you have to um you you have to build that rapport You have to put yourself out there and show your uniquenesses so people can connect with you and like you. Um, Then the he lists how many things does he list? He lists he lists nine different things. So I'm gonna just tell you two more that really made me be like, oh, okay. And I really highlighted a lot in this section. So the the other one I want to share with you is scarcity. Scarcity is one of the most powerful powerful mental 
triggers in existence, period. It's simple. When there's less of something, we want more. So just imagine like when you go to the grocery store or when something's on sale, they're like, oh, it's only five left or oh, it's only two more left. Or if you see a big crowd of people, you know, hanging out on hanging out at the at the cupcake um, shop right on the corner, you're like, oh my gosh, like I need to get some of that, right? So the idea is scarcity. So you want to, you know, integrate that into your marketing. So if you have a product, you're like, hey, I only have five left. Like, that's why we do that. Because if I said I had a hundred left, you're like, "Um, okay, I can wait. But if I told you I only had two left, that's going to make you take action. Um, And then the last one is called social proof. Um, Social proof is another super powerful trigger. While it can be very hard to create in an old style marketing campaign, Social proof is extremely easy to build into your um, into your launch. So social proof is the idea that if we see other people taking the action, then we will be inclined to take that same action as well. So again, um, I'm thinking about even for the conference, like if I'm marketing my conference, I don't want to put out a picture that has just like three people in the audience. No, I want to put out a picture with it's a room full of people. Um, I want to, you know, put out a picture where it's a line of people waiting in line to get in. Um, so there's a couple of different ways that you can show um, social proof. There's actually a widget that you can put on your website that says like, you know, this item was viewed 76 times. Have you seen that before when you're like trying to buy something and it gives that kind of account like this has been viewed X amount of times. So that's another social proof. So if you see that like heck of other people have looked at this or they're interested, it's going to make you more inclined to be like, hmm, I want that too. Or hmm, this must have some kind of value. So in a whole, the book launch was really, really pivotal. I believe in my business this year, I did things a lot differently because I read this book. So I highly recommend it for any entrepreneurs out there. This episode was brought to you by my signature coaching program, Dream Chaser Academy. If you have been thinking about turning your passions into profit, but the fear of failure always gets in the way, and if you have no clue on the best way to market yourself consistently, I encourage you to join my waitlist for Dream Chaser Academy at bit.ly backslash DCA waitlist. Spaces are extremely limited and we are getting started at the top of the new year. In this program, I'll make sure that you grow in clarity of how to build a profitable business and help you show up confidently to market yourself consistently. Visit bit.ly backslash DCA waitlist now. So next up is my book. Yes, The Dream Chaser. I wrote this book um, just a few years ago. And you might be wondering, like, Jen, for real, you put your own book on there? Yes, I did put my own book on the list. (laughs) And this is why, because you hear it so much that you have to encourage yourself. And sometimes, I'll be honest, like, I'll get hard on myself or I feel like I haven't accomplished what I want to accomplish. But honestly, when I read this book, I'll be like, Jen, you wrote this you wrote this girl. And so it automatically just inspires me and encourages me. And it lets me know that the information and experiences and the knowledge that I have has value, but honestly, because it is a really good book. And so on chapter eight, I talk about intentional actions, create intentional success. And 
honestly, I, it was things in here that I was originally doing in my business and just in life and I fell off. And so it was a reminder like, ooh, I got to get back to this. And so I teach all of my clients about plan it and execute it. And how we have to start low. And that's why with the lowest hanging fruit, um, because sometimes we want to the idea of doing the lowest hanging fruit is that you can accomplish something with the least amount of effort, the least amount of resources and the lowest risk. But it still has a high level of return. So, again, always use this analogy. Let's say if you want to you know, open up your own restaurant. Well, that's going to take a lot of time, a lot of resources a lot of effort, but maybe you can start with a meal delivery service, you know? So even when I thought about launching a, a new product, I had to even go this same route. Um, and then also I talk in the book, talk about taking daily action, daily action. Say it with me. Today is the day. Today is the day, not yesterday, not tomorrow and not next week. We are all given 24 hours to live out our days. Some allow a day to go by with nothing to show for it, while others are adamant to take daily action to move closer to their dreams. And so, again, this always just motivates me and inspires me to like make sure I'm actually utilizing what I um, have created my 30, 60, and 90 day plan. And in the book, there's actually um, a template here for you to actually fill it out. So, what are your 90 day goals? What are your 60-day goals? What are your 30-day goals? And I think that this is an amazing resource being that we're about to be at the top of a new year. And so you're able to, you know, go through, set those goals and then figure out what daily action do I have to take? What daily action do I have to take? So, you know, because they say like, you know, how do you eat an elephant? You know, one bite at a time. And the same thing at the same thing is true as it relates to your dreams, as it relates to you building a business. You have to do one thing at a time. And I love the section where I talk about being intentional and um, how you have to be intentional with your thoughts. You have to be intentional with your actions and you have to be just extremely resilient. And so I really believe that the book is very inspiring and inspires me all the time. It helps me to remember why I'm doing what I'm doing. And honestly, it motivated me to write another book. I'm like, you know what? We need to write another book. Um, but again, um, this book literally has changed my life this year. One, by just reminding me of what I have accomplished already. Like, Jen, you are a published author, homegirl. And it ain't one of those ragtag books where people just slap together like a few words to just be able to say they are author. Like, no. You really wrote this book. And so I'm proud of that. And so that's why that inspires me every single time I see it, every time somebody sends me a review, every time somebody like, you know, tags me in a post that they're reading it and it's helped them to change their life, their mindset and their outlook. It really just helps me to know that what I'm doing is valuable. So you want to pick up this book too, because it gives um, some templates on how to really plan and execute. And it's just an all around inspirational book. Um, so Dream Chaser by me is definitely one you should pick up as well. All right. So my next book that I have to share with you guys is this book entitled Never Too Soon by Tamika Christie. And when I tell you this book is like LOL, like literally laugh out loud. I intentionally saved this book for my evening read, like before I went to bed, because I just knew it was going to be funny, 
and it wasn't going to be no super deep spiritual book that I had to like, you know, analyze and see how can I apply this to my life. It wasn't no technical book, like a business book that I had to really pay attention and highlight and write notes to see how I'm going to implement this. It was just an enjoyable read. And I think, and I know us dream chasers, sometimes we just have to, you know, close the laptop, put down the books, um, stop doing all of these, um, these, these online classes and courses and stuff, and just read for enjoyment, read for pleasure. And I believe that that's what this book did for me. It, um, reignited a passion to just read for pleasure. Like I'm not trying to learn nothing. I'm not trying to figure out a new strategy to do X, Y, Z. I, I just want to enjoy a good read. And so that's exactly what this book did. Never too soon. So it's about this um, lady. Called, her name is Anya. And it's the other reason why it's cool is because it's based here in the Bay Area. So, you know, the author, she puts all kinds of um, references like, you know, the lake, the Cascade Stairs. One of the um, one of the characters in the book she leads she lives in Piedmont I think the other one lives in by the lake and so it's all these references even to restaurants and hot spots here in the bay so it's really cool that she you know integrated bay area living inside the book but the book's about this um single lady who obviously has natural hair because she always talks about her hair and she has this high profile job with the with the county and, you know, she she is also that sis. She is that sis who is handling her business. She is that sis who is working out. She is that sis that is providing. She is that sis that has a fine boyfriend. But she has like this old boyfriend that came back into her life. And she don't know what she should do because she really liked the other guy. And um, her she really supports her family a lot. So I know a lot of people identified with her because she's the one caring for everybody else. She's, you know, helping out family financially. Um, She has a crazy sister that's like super duper deep and saved and has like three kids that she can't afford to have. And so I just feel like the storyline is just so relatable. It's so relatable in every single way. Like I had to be like, are you a part of my family? Like I'm confused between like the family dinners that they had, the functions, and then the main character Anya she had three homegirls um that she's known since like you know grade school and they all have like peculiar different lives like one of them her daddy is like a um a a record producer or something and like the other one she's um she's like pregnant by this guy and she don't even know she want to be with him so it's like all kind of drama is all kind of like everyday life and then it's a you know it's sprinkled with some black excellence in there because Anya is doing her thing um in the county at Alameda County on this huge project so if you're just looking for a read just to make you laugh to um to make you laugh to make you know that you ain't the only one crazy. Um, I think that this book is really going to do it for you. And what I really enjoy about this book is the author's use of imagery. I, you've heard me say that before about Michelle Obama book. But she just does a really great job of just making you see and feel everything that she's writing. So like one line said, Anya and Jeff were, were quiet for the first time of the ride memories flooded like the Russian river. So like, I just like that kind of writing, you know, it's like, it's not just say, Oh, just thoughts were all in her mind. Like, you know, the author totally gets thought. And then the author is heck funny. 
She is so funny. Um, and I'm like, is she a, a professional comedian? Because she be dropping all kind of jokes in this book. Um, she the, the main character don't like her boss. So she be talking about her boss. It, it, it's just so funny. And I think that this book came at the perfect time where I needed to stop being so serious. I needed to, you know, stop being so goal oriented. And I just needed to just take time to unplug and enjoy. So I took this book with me when I went and got my manicure and pedicures I took this book with me to bed like so this was the book that I read right before I went to bed just to you know give me a little picker up for the for for the evening so I really believe that this book is going to just make you laugh and and make you enjoy reading so please um, pick up never too soon by Tamika Christie hey there dream chaser Thank you for tuning in and listening today. If you are ready to turn your side hustle into a profitable business, then visit bit.ly backslash DCA waitlist. Spaces for this program are extremely limited. Plus, I'm giving listeners who sign up today 50% off. With me as your coach, you will have a proven framework to balance your life and business and the tools to gain clarity in your business model so you can become more profitable. Visit bit.ly backslash DCA waitlist to secure your spot and savings today. And last but not least is Rich Dad's Who Took My Money? Why Slow Investors Lose and Fast Money Wins. And this book is by Robert Tiwasaki. And um, if you've ever heard of, you know, the Rich Dad um, brand, um, he has a ton of different books. And I read his, uh, my first book of his, I actually listened to it audibly. I didn't have the hard copy book. I had the audible. And I think it was just called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was like, I think the original book. Um, and I was listening to that on a trip to the East Coast. I remember I listened to it on airplane, traveling, and all that kind of good stuff. And it was just really eye-opening. And if I can be 100% honest, finance is not an area that I have intentionally tried to grow in in terms of learning and knowledge in terms of um you know anything outside of the just save you know pay down your debt and just the normal stuff that we always hear but the reason why I picked up this book is because I saw a Facebook post um and it was a Facebook post of this former NFL player who um owns like a strip mall now and he has obviously I think like Starbucks and some other major chain restaurants is a tenant of his at the um um in the strip mall and somebody had posted the article about him you know doing his whole thing and so I clicked on it I read it and then I was reading it and everything obviously he's a multimillionaire not because of his NFL contract but because of his businesses that he has now and he said like the book that changed my life was this one who took my money? And I'm like, wait, if a millionaire says that a book changed their life, what you think I'm going to do? I'm going to go read that book. Exactly. So I'm like, if, if this book is changing his life and, and he a multimillionaire, then I need to read it. And so what was very interesting and why I included it in this um, in this list of the books that changed my life in 2019 is because it really helped me to look at money a totally different way. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, if you read this book, you are going to, it's, it's going to go against all of what people say is the right thing to do as it relates to money. Like, of course, we're going to not be in debt and stuff, but as it relates to investing, as it relates to getting rich, like there is literally a reason why the rich get richer and the poor get poor. And he really unveils this in here. And I think that that's the information that us as African-American people like we, we we they hide in the blueprint from us y'all and we're not willing to do the work to follow the blueprint that has worked for centuries for many other people and so what I believe that this book is really kind of uncovered and I will say this it's very unconventional it's not something that's super easy and it's like oh just do this and again that is why the rich get richer because they're willing to take the risk they're willing to do what others aren't able to do And so one of the things that he really uncovers is the idea of learning about tax codes, learning about tax codes and how tax codes really benefit businesses and they don't benefit employees. I mean, think about it before you even get your money. I'm talking about employees before you even get your money. Like Uncle Sam is taking his. It's all these deductions and stuff. Whereas as a business owner, you get your money first and then you pay Uncle Sam later. Right. And he kind of breaks down some of the tax codes and how it's beneficial to business owners. And he has this this thing called a quadrant. And obviously, I can't draw it out for you because you're listening to me. But just think of, just draw like a, a big T, like a cross, right? And in the top left quadrant, you're going to put an E, which um, stands for employees. The bottom left is going to stand for S, and that's self-employed. So that's like doctors, lawyers, and accountants, anybody that's self-employed. B is for businesses. So this is like a business that, like a big business that can run without you. So that might be a franchise. That might be um, a a car wash. I don't know. It's a lot of different type of businesses you can have. And then it's I, the lower right-hand corner is investor. And he was just saying how the tax code and how everything is set up is to really benefit the business owner and the investor. So you want to be on the right side of the quadrant and not on the left side. Um, Then he also talks about a couple of business classes to, I'm sorry, asset classes to invest in. So the four major asset classes are businesses, real estate, paper assets, which is like stocks, bonds, CDs, and then commodities. So these are the four asset classes that you want to invest in. So why the rich get richer, they invest in these specific areas in a specific um, sequence as well. And he breaks down that sequence. He talks about how, you know, when you have a business, there's tax laws that obviously benefit um, the businesses. You can write off depreciation and so many different other things. And then I really like and I wish uh, I, I didn't highlight it, but hopefully I can say it by memory. He talks about having a job and letting your job do its job, so to speak, the money just, you know, take care of you, but then having another business or something and that money from the business, that income is just for investing. That money is just for investing. And so that is why I do like the idea of, you know, women, people having multiple streams of income to where you have something that, you know, takes care of your household everyday needs, but then you have another um, vehicle and that money is making you money. Um, so he talks about building a business, then um, investing in real estate, and then investing in paper assets. And another thing that he talked about a lot, a lot is 
um, a mentality of an investor in terms of there's like the short term investor that who really just invests for capital gains. But the person who is really rich and wealthy is the person that invests for cash flow. So it's about long term. And let's be honest, we are so short sighted. We want instant gratification. Um, and that's why we really don't invest for the long term. And it's funny because he is totally anti 401ks and just put your money in the 401k and hope that it returns a good profit and just invest for the long run in, in that sense. He he is not about that. Um, in real estate, he likes you to um, invest in the long term. Um, but it, this book was just a really eye opener for me. And so it helped me to really want to go harder in my business so I can use those funds to um, invest in real estate and then also create different streams of income with the different platforms and things that I have been doing so I can be able to then, you know, invest in um, in stocks and, and in commodities. And at the end of the day, this is what he preaches. If nothing else, if nothing else, he preaches the idea of increasing your fine your financial um, literacy and just learning about finance. And, you know, the reason why people say, you know, investing in the stock market is risky is because they don't know nothing. Of course, you're going to say it's risky. Of course, you're going to say, I don't trust it if you don't know nothing about it. Um, And so in order to take the I don't know, the can't, all that out, you just then intentionally invest in your education in these areas. Um, so that was really eye-opening, eye-opening for me. So definitely for 2020, I'm definitely going to be reading more on finances and, 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 um, cause my goal is to become an investor. That's something that I actually say in my declaration that I am a profitable investor. So now I want to really take intentional action and, you know, growing myself as an investor. So, um, I highlighted a lot in this book. To be totally honest, I'm on chapter 15. I'm on chapter 13 and it's 15 um, chapters in the book. So I honestly have two more chapters to go. But the first 14 have been like amazing and really eye opening and worthy enough to put on this list to encourage you to also read it as well. So Rich Dads Who Took My Money is definitely a book that changed my life in 2019. Thank you for allowing me to hold space with you today. I hope that this episode has encouraged you and helped you to continue moving forward on your dream chasing journey. If you were blessed by this episode, be sure to rate and share with a friend. Be sure to visit the show notes at the bottom and click the link to join our Facebook community where we show love and support to each other. Remember this, sis, your dream is worth the work.